Ukraine just raided a Burisma-connected oligarch. What does this mean for the next step in the plan of the globalist American empire? Make sure that you listen to all of this. We're also going to get into the Alec Baldwin story. But first, make sure that you go to humanevents.com slash POSO. Sign up for the POSO Daily Brief. Read what I read for show prep, all of the notes, all of the articles, even the stuff that doesn't make it on the show. Humanevents.com slash POSO, the POSO Daily Brief. It's completely free. Let's get into it. Igor Kolomoisky, Ukraine's best-known oligarch, has a complicated history with the president. For years, Zelensky's company has produced shows for Kolomoisky's biggest TV channel, OnePlus One. In 2019, Kolomoisky's media channels gave a big boost to Zelensky's presidential campaign. After Zelensky's victory, Kolomoisky kept up his relationship with the president, nominating over 30 lawmakers to Zelensky's newly established party and maintaining influence with many of them in parliament. He also backed a new political project, which has 24 lawmakers. The first year of Zelensky's rule was a revival for Kolomoisky. The oligarch was able to secure control over Ukrnafta, a state-owned petroleum producer where he owns a minority stake. In 2020, Ukrnafta was supposed to be cleared of all debt and receive a new independent director. Kolomoisky was able to stall the process and keep a favorable CEO in place. Until recently, Kolomoisky held his grip on another state company, Centrenergo, which controls 15% of Ukraine's energy production. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is February 1st, 2023, Anno Domini. Igor Kolomoisky, an interesting story of a Ukrainian oligarch who has just been raided, we're told, by Reuters in Ukraine. Now, what's interesting about this and, and the clip that we just played for you is from the Kiev Post and tells us that this guy, Kolomoisky, was once known as one of the major backers of Vladimir Zelensky. So he was one of the major backers of him. He was one of the oligarchs, obviously one of the most powerful oligarchs or prior to this, we should say, one of the most powerful oligarchs in Ukraine. Another interesting tidbit about Kolomoisky that if you go all the way back, as we've done, to the Anti-Corruption Action Center of Ukraine, in 2012, they ran a piece on Kolomoisky, where they were digging through all of the various holdings, all of the various financial dealings that this oligarch was involved in. And that if you dig through the layers of banking and shell companies and companies based out of Cyprus, the Cypriot companies, the holding companies, et cetera, you actually find something quite interesting. That at this point, the Ukrainian Anti-Corruption Action Center, the Ukrainian government, which is supported by the U.S. State Department, found that Igor Kolomoisky was actually the money behind none other than Burisma Energy. So Burisma, the company that Hunter Biden was on the board of, this guy's Lachevsky, they were digging into him. They started uh, investigating him. Joe Biden got that guy fired. The prosecutor fired. Now, here comes Kolomoisky. What's SBU? 
the, lo- the internal security services of Ukraine have just raided Kolomoisky. This guy is directly tied financially to Burisma, essentially the money controlling the whole thing, controlling the energy resources, and at one point had been one of the top oligarchs behind Zelensky and certainly behind Zelensky's rise, not only uh, during his political time, but also when he was a TV entertainer. He was the guy that funded the majority of his TV shows that made him a household name in Ukraine. Here's what's going on. As the political machinations turn on in this region, as Russia is fighting and digging in harder in places like Solidar and Bakhmut, uh, places in the Donbass region, the Volgograd Gap region, which I talked about yesterday on War Room, which of course is reminiscent of the Battle of Stalingrad. That's only a few, few hundred miles, few hundred kilometers from where the fighting is today. The United States is putting pressure on Ukraine, certainly. And if you think that all of these tanks, all of this equipment is going over without any strings attached, then you're not paying attention. So Kolomoisky has been one for fraud in the United States for a long time, but he's been able to buy time. He's been able to buy support by funding various items. In fact, there's also information linking Igor Kolomoisky to the initial funding of none other than the neo-Nazi Azov Battalion, the very same Azov Battalion that we're told again and again has nothing to do with Nazism, has nothing to do with the support of this guy, Stepan Bandera. What do I mean to say by all this? What I mean to say is the situation in Ukraine is deeper than I think people understand. They want to uh, paint this picture of just Ukraine versus Russia and the U.S. is supporting Ukraine and that's all it is and that's all we have to focus on. But there's always stuff going on behind the scenes. There's always a layer of money. There's always a layer of power. And when you see these things going on and on throughout the world, throughout different regions of the world, the fact that the war on terror gets turned off at the very same time, just months later, before the war in Eurasia kicks off, and suddenly U.S. defense contractors are sending money and sending tanks to Ukraine when they can't send any more tanks to their partner governments in Iraq and Afghanistan. You really have to ask yourself, who is benefiting from all of this? And why is it that the current government of the United States, and when I say that, I don't mean the Biden administration. I mean the globalist American empire, the GAE. What is the GAE up to? Well, it seems in this case that Igor Kolomoisky has fallen out of favor with the GAE. And the question is, what is the relationship between the GAE and Vladimir Zelensky? Because this guy was the big backer. Now their backer is none other than the GAE. They're getting their hooks in. They're making sure there's no other way out. And so that's the high level analysis that we're doing here. We can go in and we can describe the capabilities of these platforms. We can describe the ammunition. We can describe the tactics. But we have to look a little bit further. And that's what we always try to do here on Human Events Daily. That's why you have to make sure you're sharing, you're subscribing. You make sure you click to subscribe on the podcast. You can be able to get this as soon as it comes out. Because this information is stuff that you are not going to get. By the way, Reuters is reporting it. Bloomberg's reporting it. They're not telling you the backstory. Do you ever get the feeling that the world is being held together with duct tape? I certainly do. Every day, we are thrown some new meaningless drama in the fake news to distract us from the reality that we are all about to face. 
Systems are crumbling. Complex systems are failing and falling every single day. Between the government trying to print their way out of debt, global military conflicts, the disintegration of our most trusted institutions, and a looming food shortage, preparedness is no longer a choice. It's a necessity. And you can trust My Patriot Supply. Their three-month emergency food kit comes packed with tasty, and I do mean tasty, breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, drinks, and snacks. It averages over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one kit for each person in your family. Self-reliance is the only alternative to long government food lines. Time is running out. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and save $200 on your three-month emergency food kit while you still can. These kits are in stock and ready to ship fast and free. They arrive in unmarked boxes for your safety and privacy. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com before the next crisis strikes. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. Governor Newsom is signing a new bill aimed at reforming California's criminal justice system, among them one that bans certain chokeholds and neck restraints by police. The legislation was spurred by the police killing of George Floyd, although the suffocation that led to Floyd's death is not actually banned under this new law. Other measures signed this week are aimed at eliminating discrimination in jury selection and also prohibit the use of race to obtain convictions or impose sentences. And the governor also signed a historic law that paves the way for the descendants of slaves to receive reparations. Governor Newsom says it will impact, its impact will be felt beyond the state. This is not just about California, it's about making an impact in a debt across the rest of the country. The law does not commit to any specific payment, but it does establish a nine-person task force to study the impact of slavery on black people in California and recommend compensation to the legislature. Well, in a story out of the Daily Mail, it seems that California has decided to take their step in what they call criminal reform, another move forward. And so for years, the state of California has decided to not take crime seriously anymore, to not seriously sentence anyone. If someone's sentenced to death, then they're not actually going to carry out the sentence. They're not going to do anything essentially uh, to punish crime. But here's what's amazing. And by the way, of course, um, we've already gotten so Compact Mag, Benji Sarlin, did a huge response to myself and Matt Walsh from Daily Wire when we came out in support of flogging. If you remember the special that we did on Sunday, we were talking all about, well, Singapore does well because they use corporal punishment on their prisoners. And this actually has the ability of setting society right. That's the point of punishment crime. The point of punishing crime is not necessarily to go around being the moral police. It's obviously a moral act, but let me explain. The reason that society punishes crime is because it is in the best interest of society to correct itself and to deal with the criminal element to correct this behavior. That it's not necessarily sitting there saying, we're going to make you a model citizen. It's to let you know that there are what we in the military would call left-right limits. There are left-right limits to your behavior. There are left-right limits to what we'll allow in public society. And crime is obviously one of them. We will not allow this. We should not. And, and by the way, I'm not talking about the state of things today. I'm talking about how it should be. This is why crime is punished. Why, why would you punish crime? Why not just let you know people do whatever they want? Because you cannot have an ordered society without the maintenance of that order. And it is an ordered society that then is able to produce airports like you would see a Changmi in Singapore. That's the entire point of all of this. And of course, you know, Benji in, in Compact, where I, you know, I appreciate his, his take, but he said, well, you know, they're just investing more. We don't invest more. No, but but it, it's you have to put the pieces together. 
is, my, is what I'm saying. You have to actually put it together. But what's California doing? Because California, we know, has funded billions and billions of dollars in their infrastructure for their trains that don't exist, their high-speed rails that don't exist, things that Gavin Newsom said for years would happen, but now they won't. So what's Gavin Newsom's people doing now? California's controversial reparations panel is pushing the state legislature to close 10 prisons in addition to ensuring current inmates also receive, I love this, this is like Gavin Newsom's boys, this is their next thing, ensuring that current inmates receive fair wages and be eligible to vote. This is from the Daily Mail. It was earlier reported that the panel was seeking to pass laws creating a wealth tax, mansion tax, and or property tax in order to fund the billion-dollar reparations. The purported figure is being mentioned per person at $223,000. And I want to just remind you that if we get to a point in this country where $223,000 checks are passed out to one group of people and not other groups of people, that is the, that is the day our country will, will be lost because you will create so much resentment and so much anger in this country that I don't think you'll be able to put the pieces back together. You will shatter this nation. You will absolutely shatter this nation. I'm not even arguing whether, oh, well, should we do rap? What about the Americans? I'm just, I'm saying that, I'm telling you like it is. I'm just telling you like it is that if the government walks up and starts doing this, that you will drive people absolutely insane. But let's go through and, and read some more about this because apparently uh, these are the same prisons that, that, house some of the most notorious prisoners in the entire country, including serial killers, lifelong gang members, right? The Latin Kings, MS-13, they're in the Crips, the Bloods. It's California we're talking about. But what I wanted to get into, and in fact, and let, let me look in this article here. Um, there, okay, so it doesn't say exactly. Oh, look at this. The report also recommends developing safe spaces for prisoners. Oh, safe spaces. That's so nice. So you, you understand what's going on here as well. What they're doing, what they're doing is trying to pave the way for Gavin Newsom again, because as we know, as we know, Gavin Newsom wants to be the president of the United States. But here's a problem with Gavin Newsom when it comes to the intersectional Pokemon points. He doesn't have any. He has zero intersectional, intersectional, uh, intersectional Pokemon points. He's a straight white man who has children with his white wife. And so this is a problem for the intersexual inter, I'm just going to say intersexual Olympics. So in that, he's got no points. So what did he do? He's going to push the most extreme reparations. He's going to push the most extreme antisocial policies you've ever seen, like paying criminals to be in prison. This is insane. No serious country would ever do this. But because there are people in this country that actually exist and believe in the full-on undermining of our society, the full-on undermining of our civilization, they have decided that it is a positive. And what politicians like Gavin Newsom do is they go around to these groups and they say, I will be your champion. I will give you whatever you want. I will do whatever you want in order to attain power. Once they attain that power, they'll never even pick up the phone and call those groups again. Or worse, they'll go turn around and put those groups in charge. Because here's the thing. At the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, it's not about reparations. It's about destroying society. They hate Western civilization and they want to undermine it. It's as simple as that. That's all they do. These professors, these reformers, these activists, these groups, all they want to do is eke out their resentment, justify it, and destroy everything that's been built before them. The dollar just hit a seven month low and we all saw what happened to the crypto market last year. 
Why would you trust your hard-earned savings with unstable governments printing more money while on the brink of default? Take my advice. Protect your financial future with something real, gold and silver, from my friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold can help you protect your IRA or 401k with physical gold and silver, or if you prefer, have it delivered securely right to your front door. Since the beginning of time, there's only one universal currency that is always of value, and that's gold. Allegiance Gold has the highest rating to the industry, five stars with Trust Inc., a AAA rating with the Business Consumer Reliance, and an A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. You can invest with confidence because of the quality and service of Allegiance Gold. Get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwithposo.com or give them a call today, protectwithposo.com. We may not be able to control the policies of the Biden administration, but we can prepare for the consequences. Protect your future with Allegiance Gold. Prosecutors in New Mexico formalizing those charges against Baldwin, as well as the film's armor, if convicted, both facing up to five years in prison. Actor Alec Baldwin seen for the first time after involuntary manslaughter charges were filed in New Mexico in the shooting death of cinematographer Helena Hutchins on the set of the movie Rust. New court documents filed Tuesday stating Baldwin failed to act to mitigate or correct the reckless safety violations, neither in his capacity as actor nor producer, and that Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, also charged with involuntary manslaughter, failed to do the same in her capacity as the film's armorer directly resulting in Hutchins' death. Prosecutors say video and photos from the movie set in October of 2021 show Baldwin with his finger on the trigger, the FBI concluding the trigger had to have been pulled, despite Baldwin insisting otherwise. Alec Baldwin has been charged involuntary manslaughter and reckless conduct for shooting and killing his staffer. In the New Mexico set, Santa Fe, New Mexico set, of his movie Rust in October 2021. And the documents are out. We have them, you guys. It's so much worse than we actually thought. Because what we have here is now the investigatory documents. This is the results of the investigation. So we've seen stuff that's leaked to the media. We've seen public statements from the prosecutors. We've obviously heard Baldwin's completely insane interviews, which he never should have done. But now we've got the cold, hard facts. Now, keep in mind, this isn't all the evidence, but what this is, is a probable cause statement that's leading to the charge. And it's it's pretty bad. It's it's very, very bad for Baldwin. And something that producer Angelo actually pointed out, but it's exactly what we've been talking about all along here on the program, is that they investigated the dual roles of Alec Baldwin in this movie. What do I mean by that? They, they conducted two investigations of Baldwin. They investigated him as an actor and they investigated him as a producer. And this is significant because he's got two sets of liability here. So they actually investigated him both. Listen to this. And, and I'm going to pull up the actual document here. I'll just read from it. Statements and evidence show Baldwin was not present for required firearms training prior to the commencement of filming. Statements, depositions from OSHA, and evidence show Baldwin was provided minimal training on firearms even after Reed, that's the gunner, uh, the armorer, requested more training for Baldwin. I was about to say gunner's mate. In the deposition taken from Reed, she stated Baldwin had very limited training on the cross draw that was required for the scene on the 21st and limited training in firearms and how to check his own firearm as to whether it was unloaded or loaded, in which Reed felt it was very important in his role uh, on the film. 
A training session for at least an hour or more in length was scheduled, but the actual training consisted only of approximately 30 minutes, according to Reed. Baldwin was distracted and talking on his cell phone to his family during the required weapons safety training. Baldwin approached responding deputies on the day of the shooting, wanting to talk to them because he believed he was the one who, quote, fired the gun. This is why you don't talk without a lawyer. I keep saying this. This is why you do not talk with a lawyer. Baldwin later asserted that he never fired the revolver that had just, quote, gone off. He made this assertion public as well as in multiple media interviews conducted after the shooting. Many media interviews and law enforcement interviews were conducted by Baldwin, and he displayed very inconsistent accounts of what happened during the incident. Now we get into the actual evidence here. This is so fascinating. Photo and video evidence from inside the church on the day of the shooting show some of the rehearsal up to and including moments before the shooting. The photos and videos depict the above described actions as Baldwin prior to the shooting practicing drawing and pointing the weapon. The photos and videos clearly show Baldwin multiple times with his finger inside of the trigger guard and on the trigger while manipulating the hammer and while drawing, pointing, and holstering the revolver. So let me explain something to you. If you are manipulating the hammer with your finger on the trigger, you are completely insane if you're doing that while you're pointing it at another human being that you do not intend to destroy. That is the point of the gun. That is why the business end is never to be pointed at someone that you do not intend to kill. It only a, a gun does one thing. A firearm does one thing. It pushes a piece of metal forward. That's the only thing it does. It's as simple as that. And the mechanism for that is the trigger and the hammer helps with that trigger. Because if you've, if you've decocked the hammer, now the pressure required on the trigger is going to be much, much less. So if you're fiddling around with that thing while your finger's on the trigger, all you're doing is asking for trouble. It's like driving a car down. <laughs> it's like driving a car through the Holland Tunnel backwards and getting upset at the people driving the other way. That's exactly what Alec Baldwin did here. The revolver involved in the shooting was seized by detectives as evidence. It was later submitted to the FBI crime lab. They go through the uh, various experiments. They tried to get it to fire without the trigger. They tried striking the hammer. They tried multiple angles against a solid object, striking the hammer of the revolver with an actual hammer. The revolver did not malfunction. It did not misfire. The same revolver. The analysis clearly showed that the weapon could not accidentally fire. For the weapon to fire, they, the FBI and their ballistics lab found only one way. They found only one way for it to fire, the pulling of the trigger of the firearm. And all of this documentation went down. They also go through, and I don't have time to read through the entire document here, but I encourage you to go read the charging documents yourself to see for what they are, because they also investigate Baldwin's role as the producer. It was his job to ensure the safety of, of the set. It was his job to ensure the safety of his own employees on the set. He failed to do that. In fact, given the sense that this was a rehearsal in the first place, given that, why were they using a real gun at all? Why not just use a prop? Why not use a replica? Why not use a rubber gun? Why not just hold your hand there? There's no reason whatsoever 
for him to be used an actual gun for this. It was obviously reckless conduct. And this is why, this is why just like driving your car backwards through the Holland Tunnel is reckless on your part because you are liable for your actions. When you're holding a gun, you know that it is an inherently dangerous object, that no matter what you're doing, no matter who talked to you about the gun, no matter who handed the gun to you and said, don't worry about it, et cetera, et cetera, it does not matter. Because just like when you get behind the wheel of a car, the actions taken afterwards are yours. If you borrow someone's car and you mow someone down with it, that other person is not liable, you are. You are the person who did that. Now, there could be other circumstances if the other person saw your knee braided, et cetera, et cetera. But you get what I'm saying. Alec Baldwin, this case does not look good for you. I hope your lawyers do yourself a favor and tell you to shut up. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.